Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Right, I'm delighted to welcome back Stephen Ferris to the show. Stephen, it's, it's been a long time. How are you? Yeah, it's been a really long time, Mick, hasn't it? Um, five months and finally there's some rugby on the horizon. A um, couple of big games and pros this weekend. So everybody's excited. Everybody's uh, can't wait to get back at it. And I suppose, Mick, like the last five months, I probably didn't miss rugby for the first couple of weeks. Like yeah. it was almost like it was a pre-season. You know, the lads were just going to take their holidays and then, you know, it'll all be the chat of who's lifting the biggest weights in the gym and who's looking exceptionally strong after being out with injury and blah, blah, blah. And then like a month passed and I was like, geez, there's no rugby. What's going on? Um, so I think I'm like every, everyone else, all the fans out there just itching to, for it to come back on our TVs and uh, hopefully we see some good competitive rugby. Yeah, the madness of the next six weeks, I think, is something that I think is going to catch people by surprise a little bit because it's just going to be go, go, go. And you look at like Ulster and Leinster in particular, probably Munster as well, like they'll all have aspirations of basically playing six weeks in a row and getting out there and getting through, getting to the Pro 14 final, then then getting through the European uh, European quarterfinals. That's going to set up, I think, a very interesting kind of choices, I suppose, to make for, for teams because, you know, Ulster, Leinster, Munster, they're going to be in the semi-finals, but they also need their big guys to play games over the next couple of weeks and to get some um, minutes under the belt. But, you know, you know, can you play six weeks in a row when you haven't played rugby in five months? Probably not. Other guys need game time. I suppose, what, what's your take on what's the, the, the line between getting minutes under your belt and getting up to speed versus keeping lads at a, at a point where they're still going to be able to have an impact for what's going to be a real sprint to the end of the season? Yeah, I think it is a sprint, but I think all the players, um, there's no need for them to go out and run around and set their hair on fire and, you know, be crazy enthusiastic and, and you know, just... Yeah. It's, yes, it is a sprint to the end of the season, but I think they should approach the, the matches differently. You know, I think you know, there's, there's so long, you know, there's going to be what, a season and a half more or less played um, in the next 12 months, and it's going to be really tough on the lads physically. So I think there's going to be squad rotation. Obviously, Leinster have done that anyway for the last, uh, the whole season, really, using no plus 50 players. Um, I think. Ulster, believe it or not, have one of the smallest squads. So from an Ulster point of view, it's going to be very interesting to see how they cope with it. Um, they need a result this weekend against Connacht. If they don't get a result, then they probably need to get a result against Leinster. Just to cement things, we know that yeah. they're probably going to make um, the playoffs. But it's, just about, it's about what are the lads doing in training at the minute? How intense is training been? You know, pre-season's all well and good. Maybe they're playing 15, 20-minute matches in, in training. You know, it's not just about throwing a few line outs and you know doing a few rocking drills. They might actually be playing small 10-minute blasts here and there just to try and get themselves up to speed with that match intensity. Uh, and, and, you know, that's really competitive because there's lads breathing down Marcel Kutsia's neck. There's lads breathing down Johnny Sexton's neck that want to try and get ahead of them. So if they're playing those small um, 100% full bore games and training, this yeah. last maybe two or three weeks that might get them up to speed for this weekend so it's going to be interesting to see if they do all hit the ground running 
Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about preseason, but that's interesting. Like, there's there's probably something to be said that like inter squad games that are played for places and everything like that are probably of more value to you than going out for three weeks on a tour of the north of England or something like that and playing kind of yeah. games that you just you're trying to get some minutes in your legs. You don't want to get injured. You know, there's there's probably more probably more use to you. I'd say is it. Oh, definitely. Um, I can always remember back in the day, under 18s, 21s, when you had the, like the trial matches, you know, the, the probables versus the possibles. Mm. And like, you just, could, you just couldn't wait to get out there and kick lumps out of somebody that is in direct competition with you. Um, obviously, you know, it, it's a professional setup. I'd say the 35 lads at Ulster have fully contracted or 36, whatever it is, you know, the majority of those guys are going to get game time over the next six weeks. Um, is, has training been altered? Um, has the emphasis on, you know, gym training, strength conditioning work being, you know, more in skills and getting patterns back? Probably. Uh, but in saying that, you look at a lot of the props over the, the five, or, five or so months, you know, when they're doing their own training at home, there's going to be a bit of muscle wastage. There's going to be a bit of um, muscle atrophy that they are going to lose a bit of size. There's only so many gym sessions you could do at home. People not spotting you. Um, not being able to lift as heavy, you know, props don't have 150 to 200 kgs of, of weight just lying in their house to yeah. be able to lift. So I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how a few of these guys come back. Um, but yeah, personally, I, I think training has probably been altered slightly from the, the usual pre-season training that they've done in, 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 the, in the years gone by, like. We might start with Ulster then in terms of looking ahead to the game. So the games, obviously, people don't know, Saturday afternoon, Connacht Ulster, and the, or Sunday afternoon, Connacht Ulster, Saturday evening, uh, Leinster and Munster. We start with Ulster and Connacht. Ulster, like, it's not the ideal preparation. There's j- probably just a couple too many injuries there for Dan McFarland to be entirely happy about entering into this, as we said, the war of attrition that it's going to be, not least Ian Henderson, but three or four big injuries there. I was just looking at even, you know, a match day 23, probable match day 23. It still looks very strong for Ulster, but as you said, it is a kind of a small squad there. A couple of injuries or the rotation come, the, like, I think McFarland's going to have to be clever with the way, over the next two weeks anyway, with how they kind of uh, pick and choose lads, you know, to get game time, because there isn't that much room for error there, is there? No, there's not. Um, I've, said, I've said it over the last couple of seasons, um, when Ulster have a full squad to pick from, they are a match for absolutely anybody. And um, you take out Kutsia, you take out Rob Herring, you take out you know, Billy Burns, um, Ian Henderson's obviously out, and you take out somebody like Stuart McCluskey, who you know is a real vocal point for Ulster and has been over the last couple of years. You take two or three of those players out, Ulster are a completely different side. Yeah. And the op- the opposition will actually be rubbing their hands and you know excited to play Ulster when those three or four names that I mentioned aren't on the team sheet. So yeah, like it is crucial at, at Ulster maintain a, a healthy um, the lads being healthy and not too many lads on the physio table. But you're right, Ian Henderson's a huge loss. He's the club captain. Um, you know, decided to go on and you know play for the British and Irish Lions next year. He's not going to be available. We all know the history of Kutsia, you know, his knee injuries, etc. He's not definitely not going to be able to play six six games on the bounce. So um, squad rotation is, is key. 
Dan McFarlane's done very, very well in that over the last, uh, well, more or less since he's come in and been in charge. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be really intriguing. Um, and, you know, I think there are going to be injuries along the way. And hopefully it's not to those four or five names that I, that I mentioned there, Mick. Would your guess be that they go and target the win of Connacht this week, full squad, get everybody out, have the game under their belt, and then see who maybe needs a rest for Leinster, which will, if they get that win, will be a less important game the following week? Yeah, 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 yeah I think so. I think so. Um, it's just good, like we're talking about Interpros, where teams are going to go full strength against each other. Yeah, exactly. Where, it's been in a while, you know, hasn't it? Yeah. In the last, what, five or six months since I played, like I can remember Leinster coming up to Ulster and playing against Draco, Darce, Leo Cullen, Shane Horgan. Like those days are, are, have been gone for the last four or five seasons. So I think that's going to be really exciting for the people tuning in to watch is, is seeing full strength teams go head to head. I believe that's going to happen with Leinster and Munster this weekend. Brilliant. Can't wait. You know, the old derby there. Uh, going to be a bit of fire, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that this weekend I believe Ulster will really target and will go f- as full strength as they possibly can, and hopefully we we'll see the likes of Ian Madigan making his Ulster debut. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, Connacht. Um, I think it's it's going to be Bundyaki's hundred cap for the province, but they've. Uh, by the looks of things, by the way they brought in academy players into the squad, they're already looking towards next season. They're very unlikely to make the semi-final. It'll be an interesting one. Can I just ask you briefly? I know this is it's probably less of a question now than I would have asked you if this was two or three months ago because we've seen it across all of other sports. But the weirdness of the empty grounds. I don't know if you ever had an experience with it or if you ever played in you know maybe one of those like places in South Africa where nobody turned up and it was a big vast open stadium <laughs> or anything like that. You know, but like. It's it's going to be strange for the players and it's going to be strange for rugby's a very vocal sport, I suppose, you know, and it's going to feel yeah. like a training match in a way, isn't it? Yeah, probably Dungannon versus Old Belvedere or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was 19, there was two men and their dogs standing watching. Um, yeah, it is going to be strange. I think um, going to the Viva Stadium, obviously playing for Ireland, you do your captain's run. Um, you're, there's nobody in the stadium. It's only the squad and a few coaches and a few members of staff. It's going to be something similar to Viva this weekend. Um, although when you play for Ireland and you do that captain's run, you know the next day that there's going to be 55,000 people there and the energy you get from that, the adrenaline that you get from that, and that's just not going to be there. So I think it's it's going to be probably detrimental to some teams over the next six months if it, if it goes that long or three months, however long supporters aren't going to be allowed into the stadiums because a team like Ulster and a team like Connacht really rely on their crowd to get those 50-50 yeah. referee decisions. You know, the Kingspan Stadium is renowned for uh, being a hostile environment at the best of times. You know, being down in Galway and, and you know, the stands are roaring and and shouting for their team, and it definitely has an impact on the games. Will it be the same for Leinster, you know, Glasgow, you know, Edinburgh? Probably not. I think Edinburgh are used to it because of playing in the big stadium with, yeah, Murray, very, yeah. with very few people there. I remember playing there um, one time, and I think I've already said this, Dave, I was warming up in the corner, and like there's maybe two or three hundred people there, maybe a four or five hundred outside. But all I could smell was the chip van, like that was sat about five yards in front of me. And the guy was flipping burgers and cooking fried onions. And I'm like, going, I'm trying to concentrate on the match, get myself warmed up. And all I want to do is 
freaking roll out there, get myself a big dirty burger with mayonnaise. <laughs> Not exactly ideal preparation. No, 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 no. Play, uh, play a match, but um, yeah, like I think some teams will struggle more than others, but for sure it's going to be very strange. Um, it's going to be strange for people watching, but I think just to sew this up, it's just great to have rugby back, Mick, it and that's, is, yeah, that's, the, bottom, yeah, that's yeah. the bottom line. Exactly, we can we can worry about all the other stuff, I suppose, once the actual games are started. But luckily, the players won't have any burger van distractions this week because they're not allowed <laughs> either. So <laughs> that's so. Look, all due respect to Ulster, I think there is you know Munster Lancer is always going to be the biggest game of of a of a weekend of any kind. But um, you know. Lots of interesting stories in this one, and we won't even get a chance to get to them all. But for me, I wanted to talk a little bit about Joey Carberry, which you obviously won't be involved. And, you know, just just really bad news. And the kind of word that you don't like to see either when you're kind of getting the injury report, like indefinitely. You know, Joey's out indefinitely. They won't, there's no talk yet of whether he's going to have more surgery or whatever. But we're talking a year now. I think it's 53 weeks since... Um, he injured his ankle against Italy. He obviously did play in the World Cup. He wasn't himself. He played for Munster since he wasn't himself. And he's been set down now for a third time. Um, and, you know, it's getting to the stage where it's worrying. Like, I don't always like to bring it back to, like, negatives and stuff with you. But, like, you know, you you had your injury problems over a year. But specifically the one, the last one that you came back, that was one of these, wasn't it? Where it was like, it's just another setback after another setback. And suddenly there's a year of your career gone and more ahead, and you're like, eventually, for Joey Carberry, it's it's getting to the stage where, you know, it's it's going to be very hard to come back. You've almost like lost a lot of time playing rugby, a lot of time for, for a number ten, kicking goals or kicking tactical kicking, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it's really a long time now, and it's getting it's starting to get worrying from. Yeah, like as soon as you mentioned his name there, Mick, I kind of got this. Yeah. feeling that something isn't right you know and yeah. the only the only person that knows what way his ankle is at the minute is Joey Carberry he can have all the surgeons telling him that he's going to be okay and he's going to um, you know he's going to get over that final hurdle and um, it's going to come good that's, that's what I was always told look hopefully in a couple of months it comes good you know another surgery it'll come good and I was like I don't think it is. Like, you know, it's not getting any better. If anything, it's getting worse. The more I train, the worse it gets. The less I train, the better it gets. The more rest I have, the better it gets. So, like, how are you supposed to play professional rugby at the top of your game? And that was the deciding factor how, you know, I officially retired was because the more I trained to try and put myself into a position to play at a high level, I just couldn't do it. And my mm-hmm. ankle gave in. My ankle was locking during training sessions. Um, excruciating pain for a couple of hours and then getting it settled and it was just a vicious circle like um and to go back to my point there Mick I think the only person that really knows where his ankle is at the minute is Joey Carberry yeah and um you know Joey's probably you know going to do what I did and, and to say that you know hopefully in the next couple of months things come good and you know keep training hard I'll keep getting physio if he has to go under under the knife again so be it um but yeah it's never ever good to hear of, of, of a young talented player who uh, you know is really struggling with an injury at the minute and unfortunately you know your ankle is the first major joint that hits the ground when you're running you know all the weight goes through it 
Um, I've had knee trouble before, but the ankle was completely different kettle of fish altogether. And I spoke with him as well, you know, kicking goals and kicking a lot of balls. Um, it's, it's never going to be good. So I wish him all the very best and I hope it does come good. I hope he does get a few second opinions. If he has to go to America, if he has to uh, go to England, um, I would, from a personal point of view, I would explore every single option. Um, the day I retired, Mick, I had people from America, LA, um, message me on LinkedIn, message, get my email through different sources and saying, Stephen, I've had multiple or loads of experience with NFL players with ankle injuries. Please reach out to me if there's anything we can do. And I, I was like, geez, if only I had a, a, you know, known this nine months ago or yeah. a year before, or these, these people had reached out to me as soon as I injured myself. It was only when I officially retired that um, they were looking to help me out. So explore every option. And um, I know there's a lot of good people here in Ireland uh, good surgeons and everything else, but uh, the world, you know, every every surgeon and every specialist might have a different opinion. So for Joey, just go out there and uh, try and get it right and speak to as many people as you possibly can about your injury. Absolutely. And hopefully, as you said, only he knows. And hopefully that uh, it is sooner rather than later that we do see him again. Indefinitely isn't the scary word that it's come across as. It does give a chance to JJ Hanrahan, who I think people are, like will be interested to see getting elongated a kind of chance at number 10 for, for Munster. They've also got two Springbok World Cup winners possibly making their debut this week. And then on the other side, you've got a team who've won every game they've played this season. And then the season was you know, cruelly almost taken away from them in the year that they could have made history, but they still have that to take up on. What are you kind of, what are you looking for from this game? Because this is where I'm almost at a loss when it comes to the actual looking at the matches. We just don't know what to expect, don't we? Not from either of them really, because we just haven't seen rugby in so long. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to throw a curveball out there and I think Monster are going to win. Right. I think the likes of, I think the likes of uh, Snyman and um, what's the other South African? Yeah. Delande, Delande, yeah. yeah. I think these guys are going to turn up. Like, I think they're going to be, you know, Snyman after the match is going to be, this is the person that we've been missing. This is the Paul O'Connell that's coming in here and leading from the front. Like, he tore up um, the top league in Japan. Like, he was just outstanding. And I think that two players like that can really, really make a One player can really make a difference. But I think two players like that can really make a difference. And, you know, everything has been going so well for Leinster. You know, the whole season has been great. And I just think that there's a curveball is going to be thrown here and Monster are going to do a job on them. And, um, you know, say to everybody, look, we're, we're, we're coming back again. And, you know, with those two big signings, I really hope they, uh, they prove me right. Absolutely. Well, look, I think either way, I think as we mentioned already, we can't wait to watch both of the games and to see what happens. Munster to beat uh, Lancer's the first big shout of the new season from you. Um, and look, as a Munster fan, I hope you're right. But uh, and I think, are you going for Ulster to, to beat Connacht? I, I presume that's yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, I am. I'm, I'm wary of Connacht. Like, um, as you say, it could be a bit of an experimental side with uh, younger lads coming in. There has been a bit of a clear out there. Andy Friend is. I think he's trying to get back to the rugby that Pat Lamb was playing with them. Mm. Um, the likes of big Paddy McAllister is coming back. He's fit again. Um, you know, he's a great player up front. So I think they will trouble them. It's a big wide pitch. Like There's plenty of room to throw the ball around. But I just think uh, if Ulster go, go full bore with their, their, their stars that are there, then I think they're, they'll, they'll scrape a win against Connor. Okay, great. Well, when we talk to you next week, we'll have something to go on, I suppose, from actual games. And we look ahead to the second week of Interpros and the second week of a massive six weeks of uh, 
of club rugby that we just can't wait for. As I said, it's, it's great to be back and it's great to have you back on the show, Stevie. Thanks a minute. Yeah, thanks a million, Mick. Cheers.